White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 Call your sons! Call your daughters! Holy cow! Carlton Fred has put the White Sox ahead! There goes number 400! The Big Fred Barry takes a perfect game! His second no-hitter! You can't put it on the board! Yeah! Can it go? Grand Slam! The White Sox winner and a World Championship! Have all the fun you want, Tim Anderson! This one is... Locked on socks. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey. And the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Socks podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Socks. Coming to you right after the White Sox win their second game of the year. They beat the Cleveland Indians 4-0. Strong pitching performance today by Lucas Giolito and the bullpen. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Herbie. Tonight's episode of Locked Out of White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Take it away, Bill Walton. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. But stay socially distant in fear of the coronavirus. And please wear your mask if you're going to celebrate the White Sox winning tonight. Yeah, man, big win tonight. We uh, said it last night on the podcast how you need your ace, you need your stopper to come out and stop the bleeding uh, after a bad start to the year like this, and that's exactly what he did. Lucas Martel Giolito came through tonight. Six <laughs> six innings pitched. That's, that's really his middle name. <laughs> no, but you remember when uh, when Derek Rose was a thing here, and every time oh, he, yeah. he would dunk on someone, people would say his full name, Derek Martel Rose. So I, I just anyone who does anything good in Chicago sports, I change their middle name to Martel. So Lucas Martel Giolito, six innings pitched, scoreless, two walks, four hits, all of them singles, and he was really the Lucas Giolito of 2019 tonight. The fastball was on point all night, and he got out of jams when he needed to. Uh, the biggest coming in the bottom of the fourth, where Hernandez walked, Ramirez singled, and then he got Lindor to strike out, which was huge, and he, he served up what the doctor ordered with a ground ball double play uh, from Santana, and I that's like a baseball thing that when you see it and you need it in a big spot in a ball game like that and you actually get it, and it's just, oh, what pure elation in the house here when, when he rolled up that double play ground ball. What about you? Oh, yeah. I was yelling out. And, you know, I live in an apartment complex. I have neighbors. So, yeah, I'm sure my neighbors know when the White Sox game is on. I'm like, you got damn right. 363. We needed that G.O. Just yelling like a maniac. Because, yeah, I'm feeling it's like Quit yelling. game is pressure packed. And they mean so much, and we needed this one just to go two and four, which I think on the earlier episodes I said we're probably going to go two and four. We're all going to panic, but we're going against really tough teams. After six games, I'm feeling much better than I felt after four games. The team looked crisp, looked exactly how they wanted to look, especially late with the offense. But Lucas Giolito, the bullpen is becoming – like deadly they don't give up runs they let people just stay right there inning for marshall nothing the win today aaron bummer nothing 
Colomay looked a little shaky today. But oh, still God. Got the job oh, Colomay, you know, and as Fran Mil Reyes is up there working that lengthy at bat, mm. you, you remember Ringo Starr when he had his, his famous uh, cry out of uh, no more fan mail a few years back? This is a serious message. Do not send fan mail to any address. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. No more fan mail. I kept on saying yes. no more fan mail. I was sick of looking <laughs> at him up there because what a, a large human being uh, up in that box, man. I, I feel like he's going to do something to hurt you every time he's up there. So he worked a lengthy at bat there in, in the ninth, but that, that bullpen, you know, shout out to Evan Marshall tonight who, you know, he's in a tough spot there. You know, he's in a pressure pack situation. You're, you're coming in after your starter. He lays it all out there for you. Six scoreless innings. And Evan Marshall comes out as your, I'm the, I'm the, you don't have the lead yet guy. So he comes out there in a tough spot. And what does he do? He gets Reyes to ground out. He gets a strikeout from Zim, from Zimmer. And he gets Santana looking on a strikeout. He was awesome. And Aaron Bummer. Best utilized with a lead, but they didn't have that luxury when he came in. But he looked great, as you said. Two strikeouts in the eighth. And that's really that's that weapon. This is the first time we get to, to see it utilized, really, in this era of White Sox baseball where there's expectations and there's talent around him. But to have a weapon like Aaron Bummer come in in the eighth inning and just shut the door, and that's got to give a big boost to the offense because they came right back in the top of the ninth and they had a huge inning there. Uh, they really broke out. Anderson leads off with a double. And then Moncada. Let's talk about that Moncada walk. How about the brass balls to draw the walk in that situation? And if, if I, I don't know if you saw earlier in the game, but the, uh, the home plate umpire tonight did not do any favors uh, to White Sox pitchers or hitters particularly so the the guts for Moncada to draw a walk in that situation that's that's why that's why he's the best player on the team undefeated he is a uh MVP candidate for a reason and I didn't think that he would do it I mean this bats as of late since he came back from um from that rest on Sunday he seemed a little rusty a little uh off you know that um I forgot the a bat he had earlier in the game where we got that break, and then the first thing he does is pop up a, a high fastball in the inning. That's after Lurie uh, went to third on the ill-advised first to third thing, but you know worked out for the White Sox. And then the next pitch, Yoan pops up. I was like, ah, Yoan's not right right now. And then yeah, that at bat, I wasn't having a lot of faith. Well, and, and then no there's also like, you know what? I'm still the guy that that at bat in the sixth inning after you know they they, they squandered an opportunity there, but Engel leads off with a double, Anderson with a bat at bat he strikes out, and then Moncada hits that rocket shot to second base, mm -hmm. and he like, he really squared it up, and you're just like ah, oh, just it may not be their night tonight. Then of course Abreu grounds out, but yeah, that's a huge spot for Moncada to walk right there, and just the the plate discipline of someone his age. I never I never tire of watching him up there. Just be fearless and and not be afraid to just take a walk when when that's presented to him. It was the first walk for the White Sox since like the sixth or seventh inning of Game One yesterday in the doubleheader, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. They did not walk once in Game Two, but then Abreu comes up, and before the hit by pitch, I'm thinking there's no one else in the spot I rather have up with the, with Ducks on the pond late in the ball game, a guy who's not going to do too much, the RBI champ of 2019. Abreu gets hit by the pitch. But then that's that's when it really got interesting because Grandal is up there, and I loved watching the cat and mouse with him and the uh, Indians catcher Bo Taylor. You know, he's he's looking up at Grandal, 
to see and I'm thinking oh he's he's looking up at him to see if he's trying to get like uh, an indicator of wh- where the pitch is or what it's going to be but then Stone uh, articulates that he's he's looking at hand placement and feet placement which is which is a great uh you know, moment for Stone there, teaching us about the game every day. So he's he's looking for a ground doll to see if he's indicating that where he wants the ball. But that's why they brought him here to the south side, Yasmani Grandal. He has the RBI sack fly, just shoots it the other way, and that that's why he's here. That's a professional at bat, and I was about to get on him because he didn't look too good earlier in the game, but he came through when it mattered the most. And then, of course, after the sack fly, we have the catcher interference from Encarnacion up there, so he gets on base, and then the line keeps moving from there. You have another RBI sack fly. Uh, from Eloy, and it's just it's a good inning, and of course, Lou Bob, our guy, we'll break him down in the next episode of Lockdown, Luis Robert. But Lou Bob comes up with a clutch two-run single there, sort of to put the game out of reach, and to certainly make that ninth inning more palatable as we're watching Alex Colomay not really shut the door, not slam the door, I should say. But there's a, there's a lot of good things to take from this game, uh, mainly the the starting pitching. So you know, Vin Scully, we we talked about it yesterday, and how about this? It's not even 8.30. When I left work tonight, I said, hey, that would be great if we can get on by 8.30 and talk about a White Sox win. But here we are at 8.15 Central Time here in Chicago. But a lot of things to like about this game. But going back to the starting pitching, Lucas Giolito, this it was just what a great performance. And you feel better about this, especially going into Kansas City on Friday. You've got the off day tomorrow. But now you have Keuchel going against the Royals on Friday. And I hope I, the Royals are playing the uh, Royals currently right now, and I believe they're tied late in the game. Playing the Tigers. Uh, they, yeah, ro- what did I say? Royals playing the Royals? You said Royals are playing themselves. Oh, yeah, they always have been <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, so so ho- hopefully this is the last time we see the Sox and Royals uh, near the same spot in the standings uh, You know, for the next decade, I would say. But, it, but the starting pitching is where it's at. That was the biggest problem with the team, and Lucas Giolito came up huge. And now you've got Keiko going against the Royals on Friday. But hats off to Zach Plesak, man. He was filthy. The Sox did not have a lot of great at-bats tonight, and we'll get to that in a second. But Zach Plesak, man, again, the Indians, I can't say enough about them and the way they develop pitching. We, we saw Plesak last year, and he had just as good an outing against the Sox in Chicago. But just what a great outing by him tonight. He kept the Sox off balance all night, Herbie. Yeah, before I get to him, I want to compliment the people in the ninth inning hitting against three-time All-Star Bradley Dick Hand. Brad, Brad Dick Hand. So yeah, Brad Dick Hand is a three-time All-Star, and the White Sox treated him like he was some junk ball pitcher, and pretty much took what he was given. Timmy starts the inning off with a great hit, and then, like you said, you get the Yohan walk, you get the hit by pitch. And then I think they changed out pitchers, and Brad Hand is charged with three of those earned runs and then four, all four runs because the air uh, mixed in there with the uh, catcher's interference. But, yes, uh, the fact that they did it versus a really strong closer, even though it wasn't a save situation, is very, very uh, encouraging to me. But, yeah, getting back to Zach Plesak, mercy. Uh, Jason Benetti was talking about how many swings and misses he had, and I think it ended up – either 19 or 20 swings and misses today for the White Sox, which is high level. It's a ridiculous amount of uh, swings and misses for a baseball team to have. Eight innings pitch, zero earned runs, and 11 strikeouts to the White Sox. One thing they've been doing this year is striking out a lot and not walking them much. But, yeah, these Cleveland Indians got a, a great problem. They have six starters. 
all right-handed, all filthy. Yeah, man, they, they really are. And, and I wonder how much of that is getting back to some of these White Sox at-bats. At Again, top of the order, Tim Anderson not doing exactly what you want. Um, you know, he pretty much had him off balance all night long, Police Act did. And up and down the lineup, other than Moncada early, uh, the, the bats are not good. I mean, but hopefully you would think after a ninth inning like that, and again, Luis Robert not do, trying to do too much, singles it right up through the box. You, you hope maybe that after a ninth inning like that, which is an explosion at this point, you know, I know they scored 10 runs or whatever on Saturday, but when, when you're when you're struggling to get runs across and you, you put up a four spot in the ninth inning, you hope maybe that things will snowball in, in the right direction here for the Sox offense. But uh, just in, in general, uh, you know, when you look at the Sox offense as it sits right now, um, I, I'm, I look at Adam Engel, and I'd be totally cool. We haven't heard anything about Mazzara yet. It could be a situation where he just comes back. You know, he, he show, you know, I know he's in Schaumburg now, rehabbing. I don't know how much rehabbing he has to do. He has been out for a couple weeks now, but in the interim, until he returns to the big league club, I'd be totally cool with just running Adam Engel out there in right fields every day at this point because when he barrels it up, he hits it pretty hard, and you don't have to worry about his defense and ride. What do you think about at riding with Adam Engel from this point on? I'm smooth with it. I just see this is the Yasiel Puig who is still out there thing. He, oh well, and there's big news um, about that because Markek is reported today. And I saw yeah. the great Pete Hands. Uh, he was the first one to mention it before I could even get my fingers out and type it. But he's like, "So what? What does this mean for Puig now?" So I mean, at this point, you know, there it, it's one of those situations where I just think it won't line up. But you know, I guess what this has highlighted the Mazzara absence from the lineup. It has highlighted the the, the depth problems. And so you would think maybe even still with him coming back, they would think about kicking the tires because if if they get if they lose Eloy again for another week or 10 days, or if they lose Mazar again to a separate injury, they've got problems out there. So, yeah, Yasiel Puig, I'm totally on board. Yeah, I would love to have Yasiel Puig be the platoon player with uh, Nomar Mazar when he comes back from Schaumburg. That would be the ideal matchup for the White Sox, have Yasiel bat versus lefties, even though he doesn't have great splits last year, a little bit better versus lefties in his, than his career. And Mazzari only hits against righties. You would have a great lineup there. I'm good with seeing Nomar Mazar. I'm no Mazar. I'm good with seeing Nicky Delmonico. He's a great guy, but he cannot be in a starting lineup two days in a row, much less five days like Ricky Renteria put him in for the Whites at the first five games of the season. And I guarantee you this some bitch will be in the lineup on Friday versus the Royals. I guarantee that batting sixth or better. I know Ricky. I already feel Oh, Nicky got a day off, and now he's fresh. He's going to have a good day. Blah, blah, blah. Garbage. Bring me my man, Yasiel. Yeah, that was kind of weird to not see Delmonico in the lineup today. You know, I know he played both ends of the doubleheader yesterday, but, you know, he, he hits cleanup in in the uh, the nightcap of the doubleheader. He's not in the lineup today to a right-handed pitcher. So that that was kind of weird for me. So maybe maybe he, they do realize finally that, that he's either gassed or – just not the right option out there. Maybe Rick Hahn got to him or, or whatever. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see about that on Friday. I, I really – I hope you're wrong. And the whole thing with Delmonico is, you know, I wonder if they just knew that, okay, this is this is his guy, this is this guy's last shot, and we really like him as a dude. He's a good club 
house presence type of guy, but if you know, he's got he's he's got nowhere to go really. At once once he's done with the White Sox big league club, what's he he's not you know what's he gonna do? Go back down to Schaumburg? I don't think so. You know they'll they'll probably DFA him, and you know who knows what happens there. But yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens uh, with the Nicky Delmonico situation as no more. Not to get off on tangent, that seems to happen with the White Sox more than any other team. Like they get these guys and they're holding on to these guys. They're the bottom of the uh, MLB rung. And then once they get released from the White Sox, AJ Reed done. Um, Palka is like in China or Japan now. He's gonna be playing games out there. Done. Diane Vesiato done. This is what I'm saying. We can't just be keeping and playing and starting and giving a lot of tick to. People who are not Major League Baseball players and Major League Baseball teams don't want. We're giving these guys all these at-bats where we could be giving guys who are actually MLB players that people would want if you released them or were to trade for them. That's too often the White Sox thing. And it's changing because we've gotten a nice churning of uh, offensive players now with Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. But that last piece... That right field, we need to solidify it. If it's George Springer next year, if Norman Mazzara does really well this year, fine. But I'm just tired of these guys that we just keep on the team and getting mad tick, and no one else would want them. Yeah, you figure with the 60-game season here, and, and I hate to harp on Adam Engel because I know how a lot of Sox fans feel about him. But I, I feel like, you know, in a 60-game season, you would get more benefit from running him out there because at least you know what he what he gives you with the glove. And even with Luis Robert in center field, uh, you know, tr- cutting off every, everyone in his path of, you know, to all fields. But you know you can trust Engel out there with the glove. But you don't necessarily know uh, what you have with the bat totally. I, not in the sense that you know what you have with Nicky Delmonico, but with Engel, he's still a young guy. And I don't, I don't know his role beyond this year because you've got guys like Basabe coming up behind him and other guys at the uh, AAA level coming up too. So this, this is a big year to really see what you have in Adam Engel. Is he going to be a fourth outfielder the rest of his career or do you want to know for sure that the bat doesn't play every day? So I, I don't see the harm in running him out there because at least he can run. He'll barrel it up once in a while. He'll hit it hard on occasion, and he'll definitely play good defense. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I I'm, totally agree with you on that point and hope to see more uh, consistency out of that right field position, either be it in the short term until Mazzara comes back or hopefully we can just stop talking about it altogether and Mazzara adds a different dimension to the lineup. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by CBD. MD. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or maybe just a White Sox fan and in some pain right now. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. But luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets a little chaotic. There's a couple great products I'm going to tell you about here. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief from muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And then there's CBD Recover. That combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try that amazing duo of topicals I just told you about and everything else that CBDMD has to offer... 
They're offering all of our Locked On White Sox listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked On MLB at checkout. That's right. That's CBDMD.com, and the promo code is Locked On MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Yeah, Tanny, I've got nothing else except for just the great exploits of what will be the American League Rookie of the Year, Luis Robert. I mean, just amazing player today, catching everything. Hey, out hey, there. hey, wait, night- a, wait a second now. Wait a second now. What? Don't blow it all. We, we have episode two of Locked on Luis Robert dropping tomorrow or later on this week. What are you oh, doing? Yeah, I forgot. So yeah, yeah don't blow you your wad. For my thoughts on Luis Robert. <laughs> I know, I know, it's hard to wait, folks. I know it's hard to wait for Herbie's thoughts on Lou Bob, but don't blow your Lou Bob wad just yet. So <laughs> we'll we'll get to lockdown Luis Robert. There's lots to talk about. His his first hit, his first home run, his his glorious outfield defense, and there was there's some downs in there too. But we'll we'll talk about those as well. So before we get out of here, just want to let you guys know that Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Hey, look, there's so many other things you'd rather be spending your money on, like mortgage or food. So why spend more than you have to when it comes time to maintain your automobile? Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Did you know that chain stores offer different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. That's probably my favorite feature about rockauto.com is you go in there, you look for your part, you pay for it, and that's it. And just wait for it to get shipped to you. And there's no account login. And oh, I forgot my password again. What is it? Uh, you know, and let me get to wait for the authentication and all that stuff. But yeah, rockauto.com, you just go in there and grab your stuff, pay for it, and boom, that's it. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers for online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And here's what you got to do. Write locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. For Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. We had such a great time. We should do this more often. This is our actual what, first Locked on Sox <laughs> when the White Sox have won a game. That's right. It's the first time hitting uh, hitting the Bill Walton button in a meaningful situation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for this winning thing. You know, it one and five is a lot different than two and four, especially as you're going into Kansas City. I'm, I'm not taking them lightly because we know the White Sox history there. But, but if we could come back – Come back home against the Brewers. It's going to be a tough week against Milwaukee, who's gotten knocked around a little bit early on this year. But yeah, it's if, if they can if they can somehow get back to 500, all of a sudden everyone could take a deep sigh of relief here early on because I know 
that I wasn't enjoying the first five games of the season so far. My wife was asking me, you know, when, when you're on a losing streak, you know, you do everything a little bit more aggressively. Like, you know, you, you, you make the coffee more aggressively and you, you bang that carafe in that coffee maker. You know, I've reading, uh, reading books to my, to my daughter at story time. It's like, good night, moon. You know, it's the stuff like that. So everything's just, <laughs> you, grip, you grip the bat a little tighter when the, when the team's not winning. And shout out to uh, Cubs broadcaster Len Casper, who I was talking to today uh, during the show. And uh, he asked me if, the, if, the, if I removed any sharp objects from the house because he knew the side. Were uh, were not playing well, and he and he knew how, how we're uh, doing the podcast here and then talking socks. So I said, "Yeah, I'll be okay." But you know how it goes when you're in a losing streak. You know, everything everything is just a little, uh, you know. So it, he he knows the deal. Baseball lifer, right there. But yeah, it's it's good to talk about a win, and I hope we can do it uh, more often. So yes, for Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Locked on socks is a much more enjoyable listen when the White Sox win don't you agree let's do that more often especially versus those jerks in kansas city ain't that right tim anderson well i just want to walk a time plan so for the 18th time it's chris Tannehill and herb lawrence for locked on socks